So after we're done here, you can do your like. Recently, I was at a Speed River Junior Distance Practice. It's a group made up of young adults, still in high school, raising an ability from provincial champions to people who are looking mainly to get active. Anyway, they're all gathered around Coach Jeff Haller as he gave instructions for what was supposed to happen over the next hour and a half. What I saw was a bunch of people listening intently, taking note of every word spoken. But then, when they were let loose to finish their warm-ups, what I saw was joking around, chatting between friends, and all the sort of interactions you would expect from people that age. And the more I think about it, the more I think that it nicely sums up what the philosophy of their junior teams is. A balance of being the best you can be, but also building a foundation from which the participants can build a life of enjoyment in the sport off of. And that's something that's worked. Based on what I saw, the camaraderie on display, and the multiple junior titles won individually and as a team on the cross-country course and on the track. This week, we join up with the Speed River Junior teams to see just how they walk that thin line. You're listening to Something in the Water, the story of the Speed River and University of Guelph track and field teams, brought to you by Sidious Mag. In this series, we've mostly been talking about the older athletes of Speed River, but the club actually has quite a thriving junior program. The distance program, led by Jeff Haller, and the sprint program, under the care of Olympian Rochelle Campbell, fill the track area a couple nights a week and have produced athletes and teams that rank high in the province and even the country. On this week's episode, we talk with both of them about coaching these standout groups. We'll also chat. We'll also chat with assistant coach Joe Chapel, a man who travels hours to just be a part of the team, and we'll also hear from some of the athletes themselves. First, though, we caught up with Coach Dave Scott Thomas, founder of the club, to talk about the inception of the junior program. It, it was many years ago now. I think we always had juniors as a conception of who we are were. Uh, shout out to Angus McCauley, our first junior athlete ever. The very first year that I was here and we started summer camps, he was in grade eight and joined our summer camps. And after that, I phoned a few of the kids from the camps and just said, we're going to start a junior group up. And uh, three of them came out. Angus was the first one. So he was in grade nine. The very first junior athlete from Speed River, I drove, I picked him out of his house, met his parents. We went to an indoor meet at York University. It was so far behind schedule that we didn't run him in the scheduled 600. He did high jump and long jump, and we drove home. So Speed River's first ever junior events were, were high jump and long jump. And then Angus went on to be a, a, an awesome medalist and an all-Canadian, and he's gone on and done his PhD and his postdoc now, so we're still in touch. So wonderful human being. But you're right in the sense that that junior group for a long time just because the capacity on my end was really pretty small. We had four to seven juniors. They tended to be, uh, we weren't advertising, uh, so they tended to be kids that would call, you know, their parents would call the varsity coach and they'd say, are you interested in working with some high school kids? And so we tended to have really intrinsically driven, motivated kids, and our percentage of those that were pretty high end was very high. So it was a small group but most of them were stud athletes. And it's just expanding at the right time. Uh, I had coached Jeff for a bit as a club athlete, and uh, he went back to Windsor 
to teachers college. So again, we had one of these unusual situations in our, in our program where I've worked with a guy and then he was running at a school trying to beat us. And then he came back here, worked as my assistant coach for a while. He's just way too talented to be sitting on my right wheel. He needed to sing and have his own group. Um, he's a super intelligent guy, a loyal guy. He's got a great social skill set. So we started talking about where he wanted to be. Did he want to have his own varsity group and own that and evolve it? Or did he want to take over the juniors? And over a couple of months, he thought that through and came back with the juniors. And, uh, you know, it built slowly for about two years. And then it was word of mouth. And then it was exponential. And, you know, and now you just look over at that group and it's rolling. There's 50 or 60 kids out there. They're happy. They're well served. They perform well. There's always some talent coming through the group. Uh, Jeff's got four assistant coaches that work with him. So, you know, he's he's the best guy in the country we could possibly have doing what he does. Now, you just heard Dave talk about Jeff Holler. Jeff is an elementary school teacher by trade, a man who has an unofficial marathon named after him. But he is also the driving force behind the junior distance program. We started our conversation about the beginnings of the junior program and its evolution. Sure. So, Dave... Uh came to Guelph in 1998 and the scene here was very small and he started with the varsity program. Uh, at that point there was a need in just about every aspect of the running culture here. So when he decided to work with the varsity program there was also high school athletes that started asking for coaching assistance and through the camps that he was running in the summer times you'd have some athletes that would come out and say well I'd like to do this a little bit more full-time as some of those university athletes started to graduate become elite post-collegiate athletes it became pretty obvious that Dave would not be able to take on all those roles so whether it was junior collegiate post-collegiate something was going to have to go and at that point it just made sense for him to to continue to focus on the collegiate and the post-collegiate scene. So there was that hole and I had been working with the university team at that point for a little while. Uh, a couple of local high school coaches had asked Dave, is there somebody who might be able to fill that role and take some of our, our higher level high school athletes and work with them? And, and Dave suggested myself. I was a little hesitant at the time uh, to take on a full head coaching role. I, I kind of liked being an assistant to him, but uh, I, I saw it as a great opportunity. And pretty soon I started to enjoy that more than the assistant coaching role. So uh, when it came time to make a decision which one to focus on, I mm -hmm. said, well, I'm, I'm going to focus with the junior group. Since then, uh, once I, I made a full-time commitment to this group, was about eight years ago. At that time, we had maybe about 15 athletes, and it continued to grow and grow and grow. Now to where we have about 50 athletes, um, and I've got five assistant coaches that work with the team as well. So we're already just our unit, uh, a large enough, substantial enough group. So, you know, I would say that there's definitely a big difference between, uh, you know, a senior level athlete and coaching a junior level athlete. Perhaps, you know, talk to me about the nuances and, and your own transition from being a varsity coach to being a junior coach. For sure. So any varsity level athlete that comes in has a background in the sport. They have... Uh, had their high school career probably have been pretty successful and they've got some kilometers under them 
generally a junior level athlete that comes to us may be at a point where they've trained you know for a couple of weeks during the high school season and had some minor success and or even great success um, at a midget level and and wanted to continue to improve uh, but regardless of the success we have to recognize that they are coming in with a very low base of volume and building them up to six days a week in the first month would be inappropriate and uh, so so we generally uh, use a training log that they'll they'll send in on a weekly basis to help to coordinate how much they're going how quickly they're going to build up their their volume um, as a, a junior athlete we also will focus more on the speed end rather than the than the volume end um, I, I believe in the shorter distance being the tiebreaker when you're deciding between event groups we've got uh, a grade nine girl here who was the Ontario High School cross country champion this year. And I noticed some leg speed in her and she's been training as a 400, 800 meter runner this year. She's not gonna be a 400 meter runner long-term. In fact, she's probably gonna be an exceptional 1500 meter athlete. But the speed aspect that she's building through her formative years are going to help her. Whereas you're not going to see jumping from event to event as much with a senior level athlete you're pretty if anything they might move up but but they're pretty much determined in their event group at that point so would you say that there's a big difference in priorities uh with the senior versus junior sort of thing there's yeah i, I mean there's a lot of uh education and and a lot more uh I think communication is important in any aspect of, of coaching, mm -hmm. but the level of talk is going to be a little bit more simple and basic, but is going to need to be uh, broad as well. And, and you're going to have to talk about everything from post-workout nutrition that they will have no idea of mm -hmm. to making sure that they're getting enough sleep each night. And the senior level athlete kind of already knows most of that stuff, it's whether or not they're applying it. Um, so the education component I think is a lot uh, a lot simpler yet yet more critical at that young age. You've talked a lot about uh, you know maybe the higher end athletes and you've definitely had some people go to to OFSA. You know I have to know what it what is the range of athletes that you take on? Is it just the the top end or, oh, do, no, or do you have everybody? I, I would say that we have a range of athlete from three minutes and 50 seconds in the 1500 up to six minutes in the 1500 and we probably don't have a 10 second gap in there mm. uh, we've got mm -hmm. our our fastest girls are able to run with our younger guys and we have uh, developmental girls as well that are working just as hard as those athletes who you might be more familiar with but uh just maybe newer to the sport or uh, haven't yet found the the right buttons to push. Uh, so yeah, we've got, uh, and, and you know what, to be honest, some of those uh, athletes that start out as a six minute, 1500 meter runner are some of the more uh, memorable stories that I remember from coaching. Yeah, you, you have an athlete, and this this doesn't happen. This is another thing from different from the senior athletes is you you don't have as 
big a breakthrough uh, mm. generally with a senior level athlete. Sure, they're going to have some massive personal bests, but at that point, bringing your 1500 meter time down eight seconds in a year is almost unheard of. Yeah. Uh, whereas over a course of a high school season or high school career, I've had athletes that you know, start at about 5.45 for a girl who gets down to sub five minutes by the time she graduates. And, hmm. you know, although she's not making an OFSA final and likely might not even be getting to OFSA West region, mm -hmm. the smile on their face when they break that magical five minute barrier yeah. is just as great, if not more than someone who wins a, a gold medal. It's, and, and those are the heartwarming things that you, you just tend to keep with you a little bit longer. Something that Dave and I have uh, talked about is is the narratives behind you know the team. You know, it's it's not just a collection of numbers and and uh, you know victories, wins and losses, and that sort of stuff. But uh, you know, kind of the the good stories that that go behind it. You know, is there anything that really stands out for you uh, since you've taken over the team? Uh, yeah, I mean, we've got uh, just a, a great group of of. Uh, well, right now, our, our grade 12 boys, we've mm -hmm. got a real high number of boys born in 1999 and uh, starting out almost four years ago now with that group. They've been through a lot together. Mm -hmm. um, there's, you know, many opportunities where we've had travels together, uh, whether it be training camp at March break or uh, to nationals or provincial level meet. And uh, as they went into this fall we knew that there was going to be a, a, a battle to get the qualifying spots through the high school season and that likely it would be our own guys bumping each other out and the day of Kawasa we knew that our, our guys not everybody was going to get through mm -hmm. and our, our boys went one two three four five six seven eight so uh, at that point you would think that the guys that are just missing would be devastated, but they found enough joy in the fact that their team mates, their, their, their buddies had mm -hmm. had such success. And yeah, they were sad that they weren't moving on, but they, they took great pride in the fact that our, our club, our gr training group had represented so well. So the thing with your age group uh, that is kind of interesting and different from the senior athletes is that these ones might have probably, you know, depending on how many sports they do, they might have four or five different coaches. I mean, they're going to have a school coach, they're going to have you, you know, they, they might have a hockey coach, a soccer coach. You know, there's such a great variety. How do you get them to balance all that and, and how do you personally balance that? Well, I think that multi-sport is... Uh is an asset. I think that athletes uh, are going to become great runners and it's nice to know that that in this community that athletes are choosing running to be one of their focus and uh, it, we're not just getting the lanky kid that can't make any other team. I was one of those. <laughs> and so um, we've got some kids that can play high-level basketball, volleyball, soccer Mm -hmm. And because they read about our Olympic culture, mm -hmm. they know that running is a, is a, can be rewarding and fulfilling. And so we have, we encourage 
the, the, the use of other sports to, to help build into their sport. And I always tell our athletes that it's okay to miss our practices because mm. you have soccer and hockey. And I'm not going to say, I'm not going to criticize you for where have you been right. over that time. I try when possible to communicate either through the parents or to the, the other coaches directly uh, our goals and mm-hmm. our aspirations of helping the athlete, helping the student to become a well-rounded individual, um, whether it be their high school track coach. Uh, I don't know if there's an athlete here who I haven't spoken to their high school coach at some point. We, we try to keep their, that dialogue open or be a soccer, hockey, basketball coach. Certainly, it does no good to try and pull away from each other. I think it's it's quite uh, magical when you can work together mm-hmm. to help the overall athleticism of the athlete. And they really don't need to be focusing it up even until their grade 12 year of high school, unless, mm-hmm. you know, if, unless they're going on to the highest levels at that point, to be honest, most of them should just be kids and ex- get a variety of experiences. Speaking of Olympians, um, you know, I, I do want to touch on that because, you know, looking around where I practice right now, uh, I can probably spot, you know, at least 15 minutes ago, I probably saw three or four Olympians just kind of hanging around the track. What what kind of effect does that have on, on your uh, junior athletes? Oh, they're starstruck uh, one time and then the next time it's just, oh, there's, there's my friend over there. Like yeah. Taylor Milne works with our steeplechase athletes and... You know, I, I, they just see him as another guy now. I mean, they, they admire him and they mm-hmm. they soak in every story that he has to tell, but they see him as a mentor, not just a celebrity or anything. Um, we've got uh, real phenomenal support from, from these uh, high-level athletes. Uh, the other day, Jen Lalonde had an extra pair of spikes and she asked me if I had a, a runner that could use them. Mm-hmm. It's just the faces lit up when I told them that, you know, I had a, a pair of spikes from Jen and, and they all knew hmm. this, this is not a small, a small thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Reed Coolsat used to text me from high school meets in Hamilton when he would be back in, back at home for the day mm-hmm. and say, I just saw so-and-so from the club race down here hmm. tell me a little bit more about them they look phenomenal wow like yeah. it, it so for for a multi-time olympian to recognize a grade 10's talent when when they hear that mm-hmm. they're they're over the moon but but it's actually not that unusual anymore so I think we'd be apt to ask what's next where I mean we've talked about where the clubs come from where is it going it's a good question Michael our uh, our group is uh, on the guys side we've got a a lot of older guys so um, you know we are the three-time defending uh, national champions in cross-country for junior women our men won in 2015 and uh, we didn't didn't quite defend our title in 2016 so we obviously want to continue winning titles or contending for titles uh, looking for 
metals, I know how much OFSA means. We all kind of joke about the, <laughs> the importance of OFSA, but it really is important to these athletes. They would, they would trade four or five club provincial medals for an OFSA final, a lot mm -hmm. of them. So um, it's, it's because it's where they get their recognition. But the, the, uh, you know, the direction, I mean, we're, we're continuing to, to try and grow. We want to get athletes onto national teams when it's the right thing. I know that the youth uh, component is changing in our country in terms of uh, we're not, we, we don't have a world youth anymore, but, mm -hmm. but those athletes getting those experiences. So um, getting them experience, getting them into the right university programs, helping them to become lifelong runners, that's what we are still striving for. Uh, I think our, our talent level is always going to be there. Mm -hmm. um, I don't want to ever forget and, or take for granted the hard work that these kids are putting in. I, I just want them to each one experience, regardless of their talent, something positive out of this sport. Uh, my name is uh, Nick Bannon and I'm a runner with uh, the Speed River Junior Group and I run uh, 1500 3K. So middle long distance I guess. I've definitely gotten faster that's a huge uh, huge thing but also just the group is very supportive and I think uh, all the encouragement I receive from coaches and athletes it's really just a great group of people and I think uh, I've become a better person as a result of joining Speed River and, and as well as getting faster too. So. Well I do remember I joined the club uh, last Aug end of August early September and one of my first workouts I think we were over at the Nationals course where they had CIs a few years ago. And I remember working out and then seeing the varsity group was there as well. And so there were some Olympians there and I just remember feeling like, wow, this is a really great group. And I, I thought that was pretty neat, pretty cool. Uh, my name is Joe Chapel, and I am a assistant coach with the junior distance group of Speed River. It's not uncommon to see Joe jumping into a workout as a pacer for the junior program yelling out lap splits in practice, or even at a meet working as an official. Joe is committed to the sport, and more specifically, the program. And that's where we picked up. Talking about how far he travels just to be a part of the team. Uh, I'm, I'm traveling from uh, the balmy beaches of uh, Saugeen Shores on Lake Huron. Uh, it's about 170, 175 kilometers away. Um, so the, the, the reason uh, I'm coming down here uh, I've been a part of the program for uh, just over six years, and originally I uh, started with my nephew, and I actually had no intentions myself of being with the program, um, and that quickly led to a coaching role, and I've been here ever since. I mean, your your nephew, he's grown up, he's uh, he's moved on, but you're still here. So, I mean, like, what do you get out of, out of this relationship? Um, from the get-go, uh, it was it was just a uh, just a great community. Uh, originally, when I called uh, Speed River and Jeff Haller to talk about joining the group, uh, as far as my my athlete I was coaching privately, um, right away I had a list of of uh, kind of what I was hoping for. And as me and Jeff talked, uh, I never had to bring up any one of those points. Mm -hmm. And uh, about two weeks in, I sent him an email saying my nephew's loving everything about the program. Um, but we hadn't talked about me and Jeff had been having me do a few things in practice and I just wanted to touch base with him to see if he wanted me to do that and if so if I was doing what he wanted 
And his remark back was kind of typical Speed River. Um, he said, you know, anyone willing to help, why would I say anything? Um, so we just kind of went from there. You know, if you could if you could pick like a couple highlights from your time here, or maybe a couple funny stories or whatever, you know, is there anything that comes to mind? Um, our, our junior group, our distance junior group, uh, with, with all the different coaches we have, uh, we're a unique bunch, um, from, from serious to really funny. Um, my role, I started jumping in, uh, when this indoor track was first built, um, with the intramural practices and, you know, it's a busy place. Um, I started jumping in pacing some of the junior girls, um, and mainly as a blocker, kind of as a security bouncer over... Yeah hitting the pace yeah. uh so some of those early stories of yelling track and it's a grown man running or being chased <laughs> by a bunch of young girls um i'd say are you know some of the, the funnier moments yeah. has it has it kept up your own fitness you know jumping into to jump with intervals i've i've been noticing it's less and less you've been jumping in so <laughs> uh i've i have stuff here just in case uh, i always have something here there's been lots of workouts where uh i didn't plan to do something and i did um there's been sessions that uh, definitely I was trying to help somebody I was not capable of helping. Um, so usually at that point, I'll tell the athlete, I'm going to hold on for 200, maybe 150. Um, and I always make sure that I you know, get out of the way. So not to, not to worry them. My name is Rochelle Campbell, and I am the coach for the Junior Speed River Development Team, Sprint Development Team. Rochelle Campbell knows a thing or two about sprinting competing at the 1976 Games in Montreal as part of the 4x400 team. A few years ago, she took her talents to coach with the Speed River Junior Sprint Program. We started off by talking about making a successful junior sprint group and just what goes into that. I think it's collaboration amongst the coaches. I think it's communication and respect and building um, relationships with the athletes and also with their parents. If they come here happy and and they get praise for their hard work or even if they're not feeling well and they still can help out, um, the happier they are, the harder they're going to train, the faster they're going to run. So, You know, I, I've talked to, to Jeff Holler, mm -hmm. uh, you know, a little bit earlier and we were talking about kind of, you know, the pressures that you put on the children uh, versus what you put on for, for senior athletes. What, what are the differences between running a junior sprint program and running a senior sprint program, do you think? I think the biggest difference is the experience um, of the two groups because emotionally, physically, um, cognitively, there's really variances from one end of the spectrum to the other. So every athlete, even on my team, I have to step back and say, okay, you're 14 or 15, here's where you are physically in, in your life and here are the systems that I need to be aware of so you don't get hurt. The seniors. I don't worry too, as much about them because they've reached the age where they're starting to peak um, physically and, and emotionally too. So, You know, it's one of those things where, where you're coming to this with uh, quite a bit of experience uh, yourself. I mean, uh, you know, talk to me about your own sprinting career and, and how that went. And, you know, you were gone from the sport for, for a little while. What brought you back? Um, what brought me back was David Scott Thomas had um, contacted me before Speed River Track started up and asked if I would come and help out. Um, at that time, I could not because of some family um, issues. My mother was quite ill, so I chose to stay home, be with my kids and that. But once my children were older, um, 
and I had more time and I wasn't in school, I had, uh, I went off to the Pan American Games in Toronto and I got so excited. I was working there and I saw him, I saw him and I said, okay, I'm ready. Like it's time. I want to come and coach and I love it. So the rest is history. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm sure you can still remember, uh, you know, what you got out of, out of sprinting and, and all that sort of stuff. Do you, do you still see that, you know, when you see your kids running, do you, do you see them getting the same enjoyment out of it and, and the same life lessons that, that you got as a, as a sprinter? I hope that happens because what I see on the track could be very different than what happens out in, in the real world. However, I've had experiences when at the end of a track meet, my athletes will help clean up in our area and we've had people from the track meet, the coordinator come and say, Speed River Track, you guys are outstanding, thanks for helping to clean up. So those little life skills, even though they're not on the track, are still really important. You know, talking to some of the junior athletes and stuff, you know, I, I was asking about them, about the, the highlights of their time, you know, uh, so far. And, and a lot of it was, you know, I made a lot of a lot of friends who do the same sort of thing, you know, that they're also runners and, and stuff like that. Where do you think that that figures in? Where do you think that figures into the balance of, you know, wanting to run fast or, you know, making friends and, and all that sort of stuff? I think the young athletes that we have want to run fast. Their Olympics is OFSA and that's what I prepare them for. Mm. Um, I want them to be healthy, I want them to be happy, and they can get the balance. As I said before, the happier they are, uh, mm. it's easier for them to train. And they do feed off each other, they're very supportive of each other. I just want to swing back <laughs> to uh, back to your, to, to your time as, as a sprinter, mm -hmm. just because I don't feel like a lot of people you know, know about it, not a lot of our listeners anyways. So, um, you know, maybe maybe talk about your own coming up in the sport and, and uh, the, the pinnacles of, of your career. Okay. Well, I was at the same stage as my high school athletes and I wanted to run. I come from a very athletic family. And so I joined up with Peter Manning, one of the local coaches in town, and he trained me and I ran really well. I, I'm very lucky, very blessed to have the genetics and, and the work ethic. Um, to train as much as hard as we did and then made it to the Olympics in 76 and other games in between and beyond and I, I loved it. I loved the traveling. I loved the people that I was with, loved the officials. I, I had a really nice and a good time. A good time. Have you seen some of, some of your kids move on to you know the senior levels or you know go run for a university? Yes, we have a couple that moved up through the University of Guelph. Hopefully um, this fall a couple more will move up. One young girl has gone out to UBC. There's a couple of schools, uh, universities in the States that are courting one of my sprinters right now. So for me as a coach, it's very satisfying. Uh, I'm Tiana Lushako. Um, I've competed at OFSA track and field twice and won double gold in both the 400 and 800. Those are my main events. Um, it's really given me a place to grow as an athlete but also as a person because of the, all my friends that I've made here and all the coaches support. It's really like the one place that I feel like I can be completely myself like, um, and I can just like they're all so encouraging and supportive that I can like um, train and grow like not only as a runner but as a person too. 
This has been another episode of Something in the Water, the story of the Speed River and University of Guelph track and field teams brought to you by Sidious Mag. You can find them online at SidiousMag.com or on all the major social media platforms. Also, check out the team's Twitter at Speed River and at Griffin Track, and on Instagram at GriffinTF and at Speed River TFC. If you like this podcast, be sure to check out my other podcast, The Terminal Mile, and we're on Instagram and Twitter at The Terminal Mile. Thanks for listening. Be sure to check back next week for another episode. Mm-hmm.